It is Tuesday, December 14th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who would be Santa's 10th reindeer, but, well, he's sitting next to Lockerman. J.P. Shatrick! There are nine reindeer? Is that accurate? Oh, Rudolph's the ninth. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy show ahead. Busy two hours, in fact. Well, it's Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman. He's with us. He'll join us here in just a moment. Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozer joins us at 415. He was aboard Kismet yesterday. Some uh, media members invited to visit with Jaguars owner Shad Khan today, the 10th anniversary of the approval of his purchase of the Jaguars. We'll get uh, John Ozer's take on what Mr. Khan had to say. Recapping week 14, of course, the Titans over the Jaguars 20. Nothing will put that one to bed, thank goodness. And we'll look ahead to week 15. The Texans come to town to face the Jaguars, a battle of two and 11 teams. Then at 5 o'clock, the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. Of course, the Jags fell this past week 20 to nothing. The first shutout loss for the Jaguars since 2009. For the third time this season, they were held to under 200 yards. Only eight rushing yards on eight rushing attempts. Total both of those franchise lows all time. The defense doing what they can. It was their second best day in terms of total yardage allowed for the season. 263 yards. Good in the quick change category after the second half interceptions by Trevor Lawrence. Just not enough Full complimentary team football this past Sunday, of course, and the Jags uh, take another L in the season. Their second their second five-game losing skid of the season. Urban Meyer after the game on talking with Shad Khan about his belief of turning it around. I assured him that we, I still believe in my heart we will. How fast, you know, that depends on, once again, I, I still think there's good pieces. You watched what you watched out there today. Miles Jack and that defense and some of those kids, uh, uh, Roy, Smoot. I mean, I was, those guys are playing their tails off. You get a couple scores on offense, you're right there, and we didn't do it. So what's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. I've, I've not dealt with, well, did you hear what he said? What? No. Let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful. That's our focus. What someone's brother said or someone said, someone said, that will, that will occupy very little of my time. And if, if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, if there's some source that's doing it. That's head coach Urban Meyer after the game this past Sunday. We welcome in Jeff Logman, of course. Um, Logs, oh, good afternoon. First, good of afternoon. All. And good by the way, who doesn't know that there's nine reindeer? Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's. I mean, really? I, 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 I never really, I guess, counted them. I don't know. There's nine. He's uh, the ninth. Rudolph's the ninth, right? I mean, come on, man. Okay. I mean, you know, Rudolph with his nose so bright. Yeah. Guiding you the sleigh guide my tonight? sleigh yeah, tonight. I, I've, I've heard the song. Yes, you never sang the root. You know the song that has the names. All of the previous eight. Okay. Got it. You never. Christmas is coming, did that? right? When's the Christmas again? It's December twenty fifth this year. Okay, JP. good. This year. Yeah. Good. Good to know. Um, Saturday reports going into Sunday's <laughs> game about uh, the tension on the staff and the 
the story of the weekend. And story of the weekend. And then Sunday's game happened. The Jags were shut out this week and today. In, in fact, Shad Khan uh, talking to the media yesterday, the 10th anniversary of his ownership. And Khan said that uh, basically he's going to do what's best for the team in the city moving ahead. He's not impulsive. This losing now is different than the losing in the past because there's a whole lot of attention on it and because of the uh, the things going on outside the team. It's a lot happening here. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot happening. And I, I think part of this, too, is the level of disappointment because when when you reset the franchise, so to speak, and that you have the first overall pick in the draft and you bring on this new regime – you expect some type of improvement. And especially when you get down the stretch into December. I mean, mm-hmm. you expect that the first overall pick quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, to start showing signs of making progress. And this past game was once again a very large step back. And I still believe in him. I'm not saying that I don't believe in him and or that, uh, that he doesn't have all the tools uh, that, that are required to be a great quarterback. But it's just... It looks bad, and I think it also what looks bad is that you have all these reports and then you have a, another offensive performance that is not good. And then on top of that, there are only eight rushing attempts for eight yards against a Tennessee football team that's not exactly scoring a lot of points recently, and they're missing a lot of weapons. So, And the, and the talk was – Prior to the game, when I say the talk, you know, Urban was talking about, hey, we need to get back to the foundation of what we are. You know, we wanted to be a team that runs the football and gets behind the offensive line. But you only have eight carries. And one of those was actually a scramble by Trevor Lawrence. Uh, So there's really only seven called offensive runs in the game and a lot of throws. And it was a game. It wasn't like the score was ever out of of whack. It was 10-0 in the third quarter. Yeah, so – that was confusing. I mean, really confusing. And uh, and I and I th- it almost it almost felt because you put so much pressure on Trevor to perform, then you had him trying to do too much, and then it leads to four interceptions, mm-hmm. which it was not all his fault. Yeah, a couple that he admitted were obviously. Well, the but, first one yeah, was yeah. the first one was not his fault because that was off Chenault. of the hands of Lavisca Chenault. Yeah. Now, if LaVisca doesn't catch the ball when it's in his hands and he sees it's sees that it's coming, James Robinson put the ball on the ground. You know, so this is what people do, and, and rightfully so. If LaVisca lets that ball go through his hands, leads to an interception, why doesn't he get benched for 20 reps? I mean, because that's what people are waiting to see what happens, right? James Robinson puts the ball on the turf, and then he comes out for about 20 snaps, and then – Carlos Hyde in the same game puts the ball on the turf and he doesn't come out for 20 snaps. And then, so, I mean, everybody's like, okay, well, what's the punishment for you know being responsible for a turnover? But the interceptions. LaVisco, that was totally on him on the first one. The second one was a, a very interesting play. And, in fact, we're going to look at this on Jaguars All Access on Thursday night, a little tease there. But to give it to you in summary, the Titans are shown cover zero blitz. They're bringing everybody coming or going to bring everybody, and they're showing that they're all coming. Linebackers are walked up to the line of scrimmage and everything. And so he thinks that he's got Tavon Austin, man coverage against Kevin Byard, to the slot on the right side. The linebacker to that side, Jayon Brown, comes, 
And then after drawing the attention of the lineman to make sure that that happens so that there's an unblocked defender that's buzzing now in the face of Trevor Lawrence, he drops out the last minute, gets a hand on the ball, tips it to himself, makes the interception. Mm-hmm. That's just a great play. Yes, it is. That happens. And it's a great defensive design, but a great individual play. So, okay, that's a learning experience for Trevor. That happens. The third interception was, uh, I think that was to Treadwell on a crossing route, and it was a poor decision. The last one was Jadon Mickens doesn't finish the play. And it wasn't a wise decision by Trevor to make that throw, but Jadon Mixon's now has to become a defensive back. You can't just sit there and, and accept the fact that this was a bad ball and that I'm not going to be able to catch it. Okay, I'm not going to be able to catch it. Now I have to switch my yeah, mindset. Go fight for it. Right. To be from a wide receiver of catching it to now I'm going to be a defensive back and I got to break this pass up. And he didn't do it. So, yeah. But it, it was just it was a bad weekend overall on so many different fronts because you had the article that was written by Tom Pelissero at NFL.com, and Tom is, is as reputable as they come. If he wrote it, then, then, then I believe a lot of the things that he said. And then you had the performance on top of that. And so it just, it just doesn't make it better. And, and my point was is that you, know, you, you had so much hope that things were going to get better, and now they're not. And I think it just increases the scrutiny on the lack of success. And is that right? Wrong and different? It's reality. It's what it is. And that's uh, what Mr. Khan was saying in, in some of these uh, articles that have come out yesterday and today after his visit with the media. We'll hear from John Osher coming up in just a minute. He was there yesterday. Get his thoughts on what Mr. Khan had to say. There's a lot to unpack there, of course, about the football team and downtown development and everything Moving ahead there. Uh, so, all right, four games to go. The, this team has scored nine points a game since the bye week on offense. I mean, there's not really – they haven't shown, at least recently, a, a track record of being able to bounce back and do something differently moving ahead, especially the last couple of weeks with the lack of carries and success in the running game. JP, the first game of the year – the first game yeah. for the young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, how many times did they throw the ball? 49 or something. It's like 49 or 51. Yeah. I mean, who, I mean that, that's crazy. And so you want to get back to being your core. Well, wait a minute, you really never established it, and, and you should have established it because you have a young quarterback. And that's, that's the hard part. And the offensive line – 51 times, by the like, way. That's what I thought, 51. Yep. Is that what you want to do with a rookie quarterback in the very first game ever against a Texans team, by the way, that's not very good? Uh, I don't think that's very wise. And okay. I think that brings in the question. Just, just yeah. like this pass game. And the reason I bring that up is like this pass game. You have seven called runs for the running backs. Is that what you really need for a young quarterback? I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to create and facilitate development. And it takes time. Now, is making him throw the ball 51 times, is that going to accelerate his development? I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it could because you're asking him to throw the ball a ton. But the problem is that you might risk the opposite effect and that you're not facilitating growth and improvement and that you're encouraging failure and frustration. And so that's, I think, the, an interesting argument back and forth is what is the proper way to go about it. But I – it's, it's just frustrating, JP, and I think it's frustrating for everybody involved. And the offensive line, 
which we know that this offensive line is not built to pass protect all day long. That's right. They had a bad performance. They did. That three out of the five did not play well at all. Jawan Taylor, bad game. Andrew Norwell, bad game. Right guard, Ben Barch, bad game. Three out of the five. Cam Robinson, okay, not great. Tyler Shatley, okay, not great. So if you have five components and three were bad and two were not great, can you win? No. no. The answer is no on that. You can't. And Jeffrey Simmons was, was a man-child. Good player. Man-child. He's a really good player. Yeah. I mean, that's two weeks in a row that a defensive tackle – has had a has had a his way with the Jaguars offensive line the because you went from Aaron Donald yeah, to Jeffrey Simmons. He's a really good player in LA. Well, yes. look, Jeffrey Simmons is a really good player They're too. Both good. He's big, strong, powerful. He's a different player than Aaron. Aaron Donald is quick and strong as an ox, but quick that quickness and leverage that he plays the game with is so unique. By the way, did you see last night, Monday Night Football? He's he killing him. threw the right guard into the quarterback He's at killing one point. Him. He's killing like, him. walked him back into Kyler Murray. Oh, did well, did you see the one that Ben Barch got run over, by the way, against <laughs> Tennessee? On his backside, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was not a good performance by the offensive line in Tennessee. And, and the reality is this rivalry, because it is a rivalry, every game in division – is a rivalry. Write it down. Okay? It's not somewhat of a rivalry. It's a rivalry. And when it is, that means you better strap up, Mm -hmm. and it's a physical affair. And Jacksonville versus Tennessee is about being physical. And they were not physical in that game. They didn't didn't have a game plan to be physical. And that was disappointing. Texans have won the last seven meetings against the Jags and 18 of the last 24. The Jaguars will try to break that trend this Sunday. We'll return in a moment, and the Ozone joins us. Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozer was aboard Kismet yesterday. We'll get his thoughts on Jaguars owner Shad Khan's meeting with the media on the eve, at least yesterday, of his 10th anniversary as owner of the Jaguars. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, Tuesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and that music means it's time for Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier. I gotta say, this is special. Upgrade. I I, I typically watch this show from afar, waiting for my chance to go on like the B team tomorrow with Bucky Brooks. (laughs) But sitting here with Logs... I mean, this is. I'm on his show now. Big time! Oh yeah. lord! Big now this time. is this is a JP show. No, no, well, no! I just work here. Uh, <laughs> this is Logs World. Just hoping the code works. <laughs> right, uh, no doubt. So, all right, today's the 10th anniversary of the Shad Khan ownership. Well, it's hard to believe. Uh, it, yeah. It's crazy how quick a decade has gone by. And yesterday, uh, he hosted a number of media folks on the yacht downtown. Mm-hmm. You were among those. It's a nice little yacht, JP. Not it, bad, it, eh? It's a nice little dinghy. Yeah, don't call it, it a boat. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what to call it. It's it's staggering, but it's a uh, yeah. And 
he uh, you know, spoke to a lot of us about, uh, you know, talked to him about the Urban Meyer situation, talked about his 10 years as owner uh, for about 50 minutes. And, uh, you know, as Urban likes to say, I'll be, I'll be happy to open up for questions. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> let's start with uh, the football talk. That's top of mind for yeah. everybody. Urban Meyer's taking heat from all over the place, and that means Shad Khan's taking heat from all over the place as well. How did he respond to some of that? You know, on that front, like he usually does, uh, he understands the frustration of fans. Uh, he's His money quote, if you will, regarding Urban was he's not going to make uh, herky-jerky decisions or, you know. Helter-skelter. Helter-skelter, herky-jerky, sort of the same thing. He's never been one to do that. I, I, I can't imagine him ever beyond just the absolute obvious when uh, Gus Bradley was, was let go. He's not a mid-season guy. He's not a after-the-first-season guy. But I thought he was very clear that um, when discussing Urban Meyer, he said he's going to make the, the best decision based on the city, based on the team, et cetera, et cetera. I really didn't think he leaned one direction or the other. So, uh, you know, there's four games left in the season. Uh, there has been bad looks on and off the field. Mm-hmm. I think Shad just doesn't want to say anything right now. I didn't get a vibe either way. Uh, so I guess that's the best answer. I think that's what he was trying to put out, that, you know, he uh, not, you know, didn't want to say anything yesterday, and I thought he didn't say anything very tactfully. You go back to uh, what happened in Cincinnati where Urban stayed mm-hmm. behind, and then Shad puts out a statement saying that Urban has to earn the respect and the trust back. Yeah, he was not the organization. asked that, uh, did, did he right. comment in, on any of that and the progress of that? Not really. It was, um, I thought he might. Uh, didn't really talk about that comment. Uh, frankly, because there's been so much else happened since that I got the impression that the people asking questions, I asked, I asked a couple at the end or one at the end, uh, but it, it felt like the vibe was more about the reports of the last week and the season overall. And after about 20 minutes, it got more into shot in the city. Uh, the Urban Meyer questions were about 10, 12 minutes, uh, but it didn't really get to that, didn't get to that comment. Um, I think that's a a fair question that uh, probably should have been asked. Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozier with us. I saw some of the quotes that came out, and you know Gus Bradley was here for four years, Doug Marone was here for four years, and it was just the lowly Jaguars out of the way. There wasn't a lot of noise yeah. around the organization then, but now, well, the Jags are two and eleven, yeah. and there's a lot of noise and a lot of eyeballs in the organization. Yeah, and I think I. Read some comments from people taking that a bunch of different ways. I didn't get the feeling that Shad was saying, hey, I love the fact that there's a lot of eyeballs on the organization because of Urban. I, yeah. It didn't feel to me like he was particularly going a direction with that. I thought he was more just making a comment that one reason that these things are getting played up so much and making such national headlines is because it's Urban Meyer. Uh, that's the price of admission when you hire Urban Meyer, uber-successful head coach, who is very polarizing. But it, I didn't take it to mean, I didn't feel him going a direction of yeah, right. that's bad or good. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me, and uh, you guys have both just, talked to Shot a lot, yeah. sometimes he just sort of states things, and that's what it felt like to me, that he was more just making the observation, here's why this is so high-profile, uh, 
I didn't feel like he was saying that was bad or good. I uh, yeah, here's wish why, I had a better answer on here's that. Here's why it's different, and that's, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, and he's like. a very analytical, uh, very thoughtful person, and during interviews, he does that a lot, where he will just sort of talk about, okay, here's why I think it got to this point. Won't really offer any commentary on it, and I, th- I thought that's what he was doing there. So how was the food and drink? You know, it was, <laughs> uh, well, I think you've been on Kismet. It, well, this is the new one, I think, right? I, you know, I, I don't know from new to good. I know, uh, again, it, it's a staggering uh, piece of machinery. It, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. You'd enjoy it. You could probably fish off that a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, to put the rods out. Uh, and, you know, let's go troll um, a little bit. It was good. It was uh, sliders. It was apps. I mean, it, it, it's very much when you get a bunch of the media guys, not sure if you ever saw the movie uh, Caddyshack. Yes. But it's Caddy Day. Who, who at the hasn't pool. seen Caddy, <laughs> I mean, it, it, Caddy Day at the pool? It's very much like Caddy Day at the pool. And uh, that's it a didn't, good way to put it. It didn't take long until <laughs> the staff was like, okay, it's, it's time for this to end. And uh, that which, scene in that it, movie, by the way, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. And that's you, what it, you aptly that's described what that perfectly. Like. <laughs> uh, John Ozier with us, Jaguars.com senior writer. You mentioned it. Let's dig a little deeper now into the downtown development portion mm-hmm. of this thing. That's the next steps. Of course, the Football Performance Center is next up. There are plans in the works for the Four Seasons and the Shipyards property on top of that. And uh, as, as Mr. Khan said, you know, not a lot in general has happened downtown in the last 10 right. years. but. The plan is to make that change very quickly. Well, and you know, not getting too much into the details because then you're getting into the nuts and bolts. But uh, the Four Seasons Hotel and the uh, residential center and the uh, office space, which people can see now, it he has a vision for what downtown Jacksonville should look like to grow, and he used the phrase uh, aspiration. You know, it, an aspiration point. Um, you know, it's clear to me that he feels passionately about the four seasons working he made a comment you know you're saying along the lines where he was talking to a reporter about uh you know will it work or not and there's been people in jacksonville say well why should it be here i thought mark lampy made a good point that shod wants it to be here because he believes it can be here and that the city of jacksonville uh he would like to see it sort of get on board with that idea that it's okay for this town to have a four seasons when i've listened to shod and talked to him about it it's a pride thing. He believes in this in this town. He believes this can work, and I and I believe it'll reshape everything. And uh, I thought the other significant thing about this, along these same lines, was they were, when they were talking about the stadium renovation. Uh, Mark Lamping made the comment, "Feels better about that than he ever has." Uh, Mark's not really given to that sort of statement unless he feels pretty strongly about it. Mm-hmm. To me, I just came away talking about the renovations, talking about the stadium uh, renovations and this improvement we just saw. They feel better about the direction of this and the possibilities for it before I think they hoped and very much believed it would all be a good thing. Listening to them yesterday, there's a firm belief that it's going to happen in some capacity, and they feel good about that direction. I, you know. I know it's a polarizing issue, but I thought it sounded great. I remember in, in 1995 coming here and seeing that Unfortunately, whole, I do too. Jim. Yeah, the whole shipyards area. <laughs> yeah. And I just never forget that me and Joel Schmenge were having a conversation about, man, we got to find out how we can, if we can, if that's for sale. Right. I mean, that's like prime riverfront. Mm-hmm. That needs to be, you know, developed, da, 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 da. We thought it would be a hot property, and here we are. Yeah. And at that years. point, that was deep into it. 
26 years looking later. Looking as it did. And yeah. Again, that's always been Shad's thing. Yeah, yeah. There's so much potential down here. Anybody who drives d- uh, through downtown Jacksonville has to have the thought of, boy, what possibility there is. Well, you talk about a legacy. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, if, you know, you get all this done and, and you develop that whole, the, you know, this whole area around the stadium. I mean, that's, that's a legacy project. Yeah, I mean, and that was his money always quote, be remembered Jeff. for. To me, it, it, you know, JP read the story this morning. I wrote a story for Jaguars.com. The lead quote I use is basically, he feels like this is, I forget the exact quote, but a, a possibility and a way to make an impact in a great city, a way to move the needle in a great city. And he used a phrase, how many chances do you get to do that? Right. How many NFL owners, how many teams have this raw material essentially there to grow? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I yeah, get Because you people, go to other cities and you just, you don't have the real developed. estate. You don't, it's already, yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't have the, the ability And he said that's what moves the needle. That's what he was asked specifically, why are you so passionate about Jacksonville? Because people always question it. And that's what he said. This is a chance to – I don't think he used the word legacy. How many times do you get a chance to move the needle in a good way in a great American city? Very rarely. That yeah. really is the power here. Yeah, and, you know, I get that people want to question everything these days. I've heard him say that over and over again. You know, I think that's his vision for it. That's his motivation. You know, that's how I feel about it. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for the for coming down. No uh, problem to the show. Hey, uh, by the way, Johnny, Appreciate did you hear? JP turned forty on Sunday. We 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 have we, have we brought hear. that up? I did. I'll be honest. Here's what a big deal that was. <laughs> I went. You know, he had a happy hour event. I went. Yeah. Jeff, you should have seen the line at this place. Really? <laughs> it, it it was three blocks down. My wife and I said we can't deal it. it wow. you know, we're both in our fifties. We can't be out that late. But evidently, it was a shindig, man. Uh huh. By the way, happy birthday! <laughs> I cannot happy confirm birthday. nor deny those those reports, but and I didn't even 40? see inside. 40. Jeff. Forty. That's a big I just number. Saw the outside. You know, that's a big number. Outside. Yeah, it is a big number. Yes. Congratulations! Not as big you as made as it. Your number, though. Well, I'm 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 a little bit behind. behind Our numbers you. are there, man. Our numbers are there. <laughs> John, appreciate it, man. No uh, problem, well guys. done on the reporting. We appreciate that Always on Jaguars.com. Check it out, uh, Jaguars.com senior writer. We're back in just a moment with a look ahead to the Houston Texans in Week 15. You can check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network, free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify, the Ozone Podcast on there every week, later in the weeks, each week. Give us that five-star rating as always. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour and Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagavin, our thanks to Jaguars.com senior writer John Osher giving us the breakdown of the meeting on Kismet. I, I got to say that uh, I've always been a big fan of John's, and John covered the Jaguars as a beat writer back in the early days yes, with Pete did. Prisco. Yes, he did. And then when John left for a while, he was in Indianapolis and was covering the Colts, and then was writing for Colts.com, and then I think also another publication there when they disbanded their uh, in-house kind of uh, writing staff or on the website. And if people have never read John Osher on Jaguars.com, then they're making a mistake. Because I literally, when we used to prepare for the Colts, the, the Colts PR staff 
was notorious for having a terrible release to gather information for for a game day broadcast. So what would I do? I would always read John Osher to get the skinny on what was going on with the Colts. And so, folks, if you want the skinny, and I get the skinny too, from John still to this day, go to Jaguars.com because he's simply the best. Sits right here down the hall and uh, does a great job. Been at it for a long, long time and um, has some good stuff on uh, Jaguars owner Shad Khan, the uh, conversation yesterday. I haven't read that, but I will. There's two stories uh, up on Jaguars.com as we speak. Logs. I've been here today working with you, so I know. I'll, I'll well, get to it later. You know what? I enjoy this on every Tuesday. Well, you're kind of bringing me down How today. is that? I don't what do you, know. What you do know, you mean this, by that? JP, you're just – look, the game and the weekend for the Jaguars did not go well. It was bad. Okay. It was really bad. And I think that that has totally – brought you down a little bit. Okay. And then in turn, you're kind of, it's like a vicious cycle. Okay. It brought you down. And then I, I, you know, I was there. Okay. I saw it. It wasn't good. It wasn't a great weekend. And so I kind of bounced back a little bit on Monday and I come in here and hang out with you. And now you're trying to bring me down. (laughs) It's not accurate at all. First (laughs) of all, I'm positive guy. And, uh, but it's mid December. The team's not playing well. And, the offense didn't score, and no, but there. I'm going to tell you. On look, right there now. was a lot of negative to this game, and trust me, I, I've got a list of negative I, here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the offensive line's performance wasn't well. The uh, Trevor appeared to be taking a step back. The commitment to the run game nope. was not there. Nope. Those things are all true, and they cannot be denied. And especially on a weekend where the stories that were published, it. it it kind of becomes dogpiling, I guess, but it's earned, okay? It's earned. I mean, it, it, it happens. But I think with all of the negative over the weekend, the one thing that was positive that gets lost in the mix because of the negativity, which is, like I said again, it's earned, the defensive performance in a game in which the offense did nothing. And it's not the first time that's happened this it's season. It's not. But, but here, here's the reality. Good. The last couple games, the defense has not been playing particularly well. Going into that game, I think I threw the number out there, and, and I still got it on my board here, and that the Jaguars' defense, going into Tennessee in the four previous games, had, had allowed 575 yards rushing on 125 carries. That's a lot. So they weren't up to the standard that they had set earlier in the year. That's right. But the one category that they have been good at, and they were – amazing at it in this past game because the offense threw and Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and I'm not going to say it was all on Trevor the offense threw four interceptions the Jaguars defense responded in the subsequent Titans possessions to only allow 21 yards and to allow a field goal three points that for the season now this is an impressive number Mm -hmm. because the offense has turned it over 25 times that's a lot yeah they have only allowed as a defense 64 points off of those 25 offensive giveaways. Pretty good. That's amazing. That's pretty good. That's really good. And the, the one thing that's negative that continues to be negative about the Jaguars' defense, they're not taking the ball away. And that's, that's a problem. They've got to find ways to take the ball away. And the one number that's disturbing, they have one – one recovered fumble on the year as a defense. Getting caused fumbles or recovering fumbles as a defense, getting takeaways, that's not a talent issue. That's not. That's coaching, and that's attention to detail, and that's focus. 
and it's not happening for the defense. That's the number that bothers me the most as the defense because you can do that. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you coach it up and the players have the awareness for it and, they, and you have players that realize this is what I need to do, like Josh Allen did a couple weeks ago, punching the ball out. Great play. Great play. Yep. Where, Didn't recover it. Where is that from other people on the defense? Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing it. That's clearly an area that Joe Cullen and his coaches, coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball can and should get better at. Because, like I said, that is not necessarily a talent issue. But the one thing I will say in their defense, takeaways a lot of times happen when the score differential gets in your favor. So, in other words, you're winning. Teams feel like they have to press, like Trevor did. There you go. Late in the ballgame. Yep. Well, we're not making anything happen. we got to force one here. Tight window, yep. And then all of a sudden you end up finding a way of making an interception. Mm-hmm. Or somebody gets careless with the ball because they're trying to do too much because their team's not playing well. And they're trying to make up for somebody else messing up. And the, and the defense doesn't have that ability to be a front-running team in a game to have the opponents make mistakes. Teams that are playing the Jaguars right now, you know what they're thinking is? We score 17 points, W, we won. Mm -hmm. So they're playing conservative. The Tennessee Titans played extremely conservative. Absolutely, they did. How many balls down the field did you see Tannehill throwing that ball? Not many. Hardly any. No. Because there's a mindset now when you play the Jaguars, and it's the right mindset, don't make a mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. Just get enough points, they're not good enough on offense to score. Don't, don't beat yourself against the Jaguars. That's right. And that will be the Texans' mindset when they come in here on Sunday as well. Let's take a look at the Houston Texans' offense, and they are dead last in the league in a number of categories, including scoring. They are uh, two-tenths of a point worse than the Jaguars in points per game. They are last in total offense, last in rushing offense, 31st in passing offense. Um, They've given the ball away 20 times this season. 10 fumbles lost, 10 interceptions. Which is bottom third-ish. Yeah, you know, so they're not a good offense. They've had so many changes, injuries, guys have moved on. Davis Mills is the quarterback now. They committed to him. He just, just had a seventh start. Yeah, and, you know, there's talk down there, talking to the folks down there today that, you know, if this offseason goes a certain way, they might just circle behind him next season, too. That's all uh, up in the air, of course. There's still four games left this season. But uh, last week, threw over 330 yards, touchdown, uh, seven starts, as you said, Log, 66% passing in those games, and eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. Third round pick this year out of Stanford. So he's. He's triggering all this right now. Let me, let me just give you. It hasn't gone well lately. Okay, and in, in these yeah. categories, Davis Mills is better than Trevor Lawrence. Completion percentage, mm-hmm. yards per attempt, touchdown percentage. He's better in the interception percentage category. His rating is higher. I mean, those numbers, when we look at that as Jaguar fans, we go, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. This, this is a third-round pick that's playing for the Texans, and we got the first overall pick in the draft, and ours is not playing better than theirs. If you look at those numbers, that would bother you, right? Con- concerning? Uh, yeah. 
That I mean, and that's be, right? and that that's I think that's something that going forward that that has to be fixed, and that's not. Look at the text. You know, people talk about and people have used. You know, people have used excuses. Oh well, you know, we've had injuries, or you know, the Jaguars have had injuries. They've lost guys. Da 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 da. Name me somebody on the Texans offense that's a big time weapon. Yeah, they don't have many. I mean, there's many. A, yeah, I mean, Cooks maybe, Cooks. but that's about it. And that's stretch, yeah, that's stretching it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then. Or, or I mean, is it so? Is is it a weapons issue for Trevor? Hmm. I mean, that, that's my point. Is yeah. that you have enough weapons to where the performance can and should be better right now, especially at this point of the season when he has the number of snaps that he has under his belt. That's got to get better for Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not pointing the finger at him. I mean, that's, that's, that's a finger that gets pointed at the entire process. You know, that gets pointed at coaches, mm-hmm. at, at uh, the program, at Trevor, uh, his teammates. I mean, yeah, that's, everything. That, it's, it's all got to be better. Yeah. Absolutely. Houston defense. Hey, guess what? They haven't played much better than the offense has down in Houston this year. This is far from the Texans' defense of about five years ago. All those guys are gone now. Uh, they sent away uh, Zach Cunningham uh, last week. They waived him. And Supposedly violated the- some team rules. Tardiness, et cetera, was an issue oh. with him in Houston. Well, he's gone now. He's with the Titans, and they'll uh, get to figure it out. Which Mike Vrabel coached him when Mike was a coach with Houston Texans. And go. so here's, here's my thing on that. Yes. Mike knows him obviously very well if he coached him. And then he picks him up. And that was a waiver claim. Yes, it was. And where are the Jaguars at in the waiver claim order? Um, they're right up there near the top. I wonder if that was considered. Just a thought. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying that because I can tell you this. Zach Cunningham, I haven't watched him, and I don't know what happened with the issues this year. But when you watch Zach Cunningham, I think it was a second-round pick. Maybe a first-round pick. I can't remember. He's a high pick. Yep. He's a really good football player. Really good football player. Can play in space. He's fast. He can blitz. He can do a lot of different things. And so I don't know cap numbers. I don't know guaranteed money because all of those things have to factor in. But when you find out that somebody was available and you go, okay, that was an opportunity for this team to maybe acquire some better talent, I'm going, well, I wonder why they didn't do that. Zach Just Cunningham, thinking out loud. Is that Cunningham's second round pick, 2017, out of Vanderbilt? Um, and was the league's leading tackler last year. Yeah, he's he's a yeah. Pro Bowl. Uh, at at one point, he was considered a Pro Bowl type caliber linebacker. And who was the other guy that was in the middle with him? It was Zach Cunningham in '98. Uh, hardhead. I mean, just a tough physical linebacker. But uh, Bernardrick McKinney. Yeah, that's right. Those two guys yeah. when 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 they were you know with JJ and. Yeah. Merciless and, uh, and those guys. Yeah, merciless. merciless. I mean, that, that, that was a good defense. Oh, now. absolutely. Good defense. And Zach Cunningham was a big part of it. So, uh, it will be a totally different looking group when they come rolling in here this Sunday. We'll return and take a look at the Baptist Health injury report for the Jags. We'll look at the AFC South standings, though you have a pretty good idea. And we'll get our final thoughts. And then at 5 o'clock... The Urban Meyer Show will hear from the Jaguars head coach as always on Tuesday afternoon. Get his thoughts, final thoughts on last week's game. Moving ahead 
to the Texans and much, much more coming up from the head coach. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Tuesday afternoon coming up in about 10 minutes, the Urban Myers Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Lagerman, Brent Reber on the video side, Joe Fortunato on the audio here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Glad you're along with us. The Baptist Health Injury Report, Baptist Health changing health care for good. Urban Meyer Monday said Carlos Hyde was in concussion protocol. Of course, Brandon Linder missed last week's game with a back issue. There are six players on the reserve injured list, and we've got four games to go. We'll uh, maybe get some more. From uh, Urban Meyer, I would guess maybe Wednesday when he speaks with the media on um, the injury setup. Of course, that's when the the uh, injury report starts coming out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday each week. And uh, as you would expect, this time of year, logs, you know, you're going to have a longer list because of the the way the season goes. Well, it's the time of year. That's what it is. I mean, it's just it's just part of it, um, and it's not easy to fight through. I can tell you that at the end of the year, it, uh, when you're when you're losing and then you have physical ailments on top, it even makes it more difficult. And and, and for part of that reason, that's one of the things I say th- that this defense should be also not forgotten about how good of a performance that was from this game because when you have an offense that has had the number of weeks of lack of performance, then it's easy probably just to say, here we go again. You know why should I play hard? We don't have a chance, and the the the, the motivation just evaporates. And for this defense to continue to play as hard as they did, I thought I thought that was impressive. And some guys uh, that I thought played really well defensively, and I just want to mention some names here. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought Campbell played solid. It's not like the Titans were throwing the ball a lot, so it wasn't a lot of expected out of him. But you could feel the difference that Shaq Griffin provided in that game because he was matched up against Julio a little bit. And right from the onset, he established with that open field tackle that, hey, I'm here to play. And he made a difference. I thought his play was strong. Uh, Josh Allen was just kind of eh. It's been about three weeks now, three games for Josh Allen to where you haven't seen a strong performance. And I'm just thinking out loud here, but at the beginning of the Atlanta game, he sustained what appeared to be a shoulder injury is that affecting him now and affecting his ability to perform? He's been on the report, uh, or at least was last week with that. So. Yeah, Damian Wilson had a sack uh, on a blitz, had 10 tackles. I thought he was outstanding, outstanding. Malcolm Brown was solid as normal. Uh, I thought uh week before, pushed around a little bit. Uh, the Atlanta game pushed around a little bit. I thought he bounced back. Roy Robertson-Harris was a beast. I mean, a beast. Uh, Smoot the week before, strong. The only thing that I would criticize Smoot on is that, dude, you can't line up all sides if you're dropping from the <laughs> yeah. linebacking spot. Right. Yeah, Come right. on, man. <laughs> can't do that. But he, was, but he was strong. He had a good performance again. You know, he got five sacks last year. He had a career high, five and a half. He's on pace to have a career high. And I've, I said this last week. 
He's tough. He plays hard. He's tenacious. And, and you've got to love players like him. Love him. But Roy Robertson Harris, I think, is a guy that when they acquired him, they were talking about how they didn't know how high the ceiling really was. That game gave you a glimpse of, wow, this guy could have a much higher ceiling than what they're paying for. In free agency, you rarely get that. Rarely get that. So I really like his performance, and I think he's gotten better and better and better. And obviously, he had the ankle injury early in the season. That's right. He bounced back from it a little bit, and you could tell that he's kind of fighting, kind of find his way. The last couple weeks, his performance has been really good. Really good. And the one guy, though, I will say, that did not have a good performance on defense, Taven Bryan was not good, which was kind of surprising. He had been playing okay and, and got, had a game, a couple games there where he played pretty good. He was not good in this game. And Miles Jack, where, where are the impact plays that Miles Jack has made in the past? You know, when I'm talking about plays on the ball, cause fumbles, recovered fumbles, yeah. interceptions, is, pass defense. Is part of it the position he's back in the middle in a 3-4 now? What is it? No. I mean, he was look, outside no, a year ago or, no, you know, I just, I mean, I, flying I, all over the place. I don't think so. I mean, they're playing a zone defense. You got your eyes back to the to the ball. It's an yeah. opportunity to make more plays. Yeah, and and I just and look, I'm not. He's not playing bad. I'm just saying that I thought and I think he's got another level. The the what he what he's the level he set in 17. Haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, and, was I, and I was hoping he would be able to get back to some of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, not 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 a great year for him. You know what the good news is about. This defense continuing to improve. But, but I wanted to say one thing. thing. Yes. Miles Jack will knock your socks off. I mean, he's punishing guys still. He's still extremely physical. Right. But just, I mean, the impact plays, the game changing plays, we're not seeing. Some of those names you listed off earlier Robertson Harris, uh, Wilson, um, Dewan Smoot, they're all on multi year deals here. This There's a good core of this defense that's going to be together for at least another year, mm-hmm. if not longer than that. Uh, Shaq Griffin signed a longer deal. So, still need, still need still that need inside, that dominant inside kind of pass rusher that can affect the quarterback's play. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants Aaron Donald, but they only, God only made one of them. <laughs> and so, but can you find somebody that can give you something on the inside? You need it. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Let's take a look at the AFC South standings. And as you would expect, they have not changed. The Tennessee Titans are in control of the AFC South. 9-4, and 4-1 four, four and one in the division. Indy 7-6, and 3-2 and two in the division. Houston 2-11. There are two wins have been in the division, and Jacksonville 2-11. They are 0-4 in the AFC South. Upcoming schedules, only four weeks remaining in the 2021 campaign. And, of course, the Jaguars this week face the Houston Texans here at home, at the Jets, at New England, and then home against Indy. And I must say my lock from Monday a couple weeks ago of the Jaguars sweeping the AFC East is not looking great. Uh, The Texans, of course, here this week at the Chargers at San Fran, home against Tennessee. The Colts, New England in Indy, at Arizona, home against Vegas, at Jacksonville, and then Tennessee 
with a tough one at Pittsburgh. That's not a tough one. Home against San Francisco. That's a pretty tough game. Against Miami and then at Houston. All right, I'll give you that. That's not a super tough schedule. For anybody, really. There. Toughest I mean, look, is the Colts. New England, Arizona, Vegas. Yeah, they've okay. got a tough. And then the Jaguars, week yeah. 18. You don't come in a week 18. Yeah, the, the first three games for Indianapolis, is that's a pretty tough matchup. By the way, Mike Vrabel should absolutely be in the conversation for NFL Coach of the Year because if you look at that Titans football team and you and you really look closely, I like, I like John Robinson, their general manager. I think he's done a pretty good job. But he hasn't been perfect. Make no mistake, he has not been perfect. And Mike Vrabel, I think, has gotten more out of less than what a lot of coaches get out of football teams. He's done a really good job. They haven't had their big workhorse a lot of the season, and they are right there at the top and with a chance to fight for that number one seed in the AFC. Urban Meyer show is coming up in just about a minute and a half or so. What do you want to hear from Urban tonight? Well, a couple things. One, about the commitment to the running game or lack thereof. And then the other thing that was a little bit disturbing, you saw that kind of key, Keystone Cops play where wide receivers run into each other, and it doesn't look good. And they're like, what are you doing? And then there were a couple other instances in the game where the wide receiver spacing, where the, they got in the same neighborhood. And for a quarterback – especially a young quarterback, if, if you're not having precision by the, the people around you, it makes it extremely difficult for any young quarterback to have success, and that's got to get cleaned up. So we need to ask him about that yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of noise around the organization right now too. How can he ignore a lot of that and get this team playing better football as a whole? We'll hear from the head coach coming up in just a few moments. Uh, that'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. Thanks to Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozier who stepped in with us. Read his articles on Jaguars.com. The conversations with Jaguars owner Shad Khan. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. For Jeff Logan, I'm J.P. Shadrick. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. The Urban Meyer Show coming up next.